Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. Last week I, I, I started uh, and I, was think, I thought it was going to be a, sing, a single message, um, but I really believe I want to round it off a bit more about our unrealised potential. Um, every one of us have potential unrealized. They, they, they say the, the, the regrets of life are the things that we never really reached out to that we could have done or even at least attempted. Uh, and that's where the regrets are. People don't regret what they did do. They regret what they didn't do when they could have had a go. And it's not about succeeding. It's having a go sometimes. Sometimes the victory is just attempting it. And I'd encourage you, you've got more potential than you realize. Every one of us has. And we've got to step up. I, I'm, I'm so excited about simple little things because already we've had people starting to bring words and prophetic words and tongues and interpretation. And, and I believe that's going to continue to flow because people are going to step into the potential God has in them to see the gifts and the movings or manifestations of the Spirit flow as we grow in the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So I want to look at this and uh, with, with how to, what, what's involved in reaching our potential And I thought about this, and this is where we'll start in Joshua chapter 1. This is the word of the Lord to Joshua, verses 5 to 9. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Just pause a moment. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. I'll not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all the all according to the law of Moses by my, my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it for the right or the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. To enter our potential and to step in and grow and see the full potential of our life realized, we will need courage because there will be opposition. See, you don't need to be strong and very courageous until you need to be strong and very courageous. And you only need to be strong and very courageous when there's a fearsome and very strong opposition. See, if there's no opposition, nothing to be afraid of, then you don't need to be strong and courageous. And if we're living lives where we don't need to be strong and courageous, my challenge would be, are we really living for Jesus? Are we committing at all? Because if there's nothing that there that, that scares us in, in somewhat but excites us in doing God's will, then are we really stepping in to what God has for us? I would encourage us, there is much more that we can do. See, Joshua already knew there were giants in the land. He came back with Caleb and the other 12 spies. There were 10 of them. They said, there's giants in the land and we cannot beat them. In the natural, we will come across things that look like we cannot win. That's when you need to be strong and very courageous. That's where we need to stand our ground. That's where we need to, as it were, pull ourselves up and trust God in it all. There were giants and there are giants that we will face that are more powerful than us, but they are nowhere near as powerful as Christ in us. 
Contrary to Star Wars philosophy, darkness is nowhere near as powerful as light. Just thought I'd let you know that. It's not like there's an equal force between the two of them and darkness and light. No, 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 no. Darkness has no power over light. Light, however, does need discipline and direction. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome the world because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The capacity and power within us is there. God is willing and God is able and God has put all that we need within us already. We just have to take a hold of it and start to realize it because the challenge is not what we have within us. The challenge is our revelation and our practice of using that power and releasing up Releasing the power of God in us, through us, by Christ. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. The enemy pretends to be as powerful as a roaring lion. I don't know if you, you know how much a lion with no teeth can eat. Let's just, just pause for a moment. If there was a lion there and he had no teeth, his claws had been cut, they'd been extracted. He's got paws and no teeth. He can still roar like a lion. He can still make the bellow. He can still look big and powerful, but his eating is going to be cat food. Crushed up sardines. But if we think that he still has his teeth, if we think he still has his claws and we have no power over him, then he will consume. If we fall like jelly to the ground in the midst of the battle, he's looking for people who don't stand up, people without a backbone, people who don't grab a hold of their faith and exercise themselves in it. In 1 Timothy 4, 7, Paul says, reject profane and old wise fables and exercise yourselves toward godliness. We need some spiritual muscle. We, we need to develop this in our life. And like any exercise, it takes discipline and effort. And as anyone who's gone back to the gym after a decent break knows, the next 24 to 48 hours is so comforting, isn't it? The muscles ache, you can hardly get out of bed. There's pains where you didn't have pains. The goal is to develop muscles where you don't have muscles. But it takes pain in places you're not used to it. We have to exercise ourselves. And with the long-term benefit is health and strength. 1 Timothy 4 says this, For to this end we both labour, and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the saviour of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. See, it would be wrong of me to teach you that reaching your full potential will come easy. That would be not just wrong, but a lie. But when we teach this, some people might get offended. They might get offended at the challenge to their faith. They might get offended when we talk about, well, if we're not committed to it, we're lukewarm. And God talks about lukewarm Christians. He says, you make me sick. 
Because lukewarm people don't follow God fully and they put people off following God. They go, if that's what Christians are like, they want nothing to do with it. So Gandhi said, I love your Christ, I just don't like your Christians. He'd seen a bunch of lukewarm religious people. And we need to be people who are passionately on fire with the gospel, passionately on fire with the power of Christ in us, burning like a fire like never before, with revival in our hearts and our lives. So you might get offended if I preach like that. But to not prepare people for the challenges and the costs that lie ahead will be setting us up for failure. 2 Timothy 3.12 says this, Yes, truly, verily, assuredly, whatever, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I've said it before. The moment you make a commitment in your heart, God, I want to live fully for you. That's the moment you start getting attacked. That's the moment opposition comes. That's the moment procrastination steps in. That's the moment you get so busy when things come in and they just want to flood you so you don't have the time to commit to what God's called you to. That's the time when even sometimes blessings apparently come that distract you from the discipline of life. If you really want to follow Jesus and reach your potential, you might get rejected. When you have to make decisions about not attending certain events, not doing certain things, stepping away from certain conducts and certain people, not speaking in a particular way. For some, it might mean the loss of a job. And in some countries, it means imprisonment, torture, and death. Luke tells us in 14, 28, count the cost. In Mark 10, it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, take up your cross and follow me. There is a cost to following Jesus. Salvation is free, but following Jesus costs you everything. If you continue, Paul says in these things, you will inherit. Now, please, once you give your life to Jesus, you're on that journey. But you have to journey. See, Joshua faced what looked like insurmountable obstacles to the potential of God in him and for him. And before he entered into his victory, there were walls. There were battles. There were times when it looked like he had failed. Times when he's, uh, he, he suffered because of other people's sins. They seemed to wreck the destiny upon his life. But as he kept faithful to God over the long haul, the Lord worked it all together for good. Joseph in his own life. Joseph in the coat of many colors we hear of. His words to his brothers were like this. They betrayed him. They betrayed him for money and, and essentially they were going to kill him. Off to slavery, as good as dead. And he says this, you meant it for evil. It looked like evil. Come on, your dad's favorite boy out of a big family. Your dad's favorite son. Next minute you're a slave. And then you're a slave. You do the right thing. You serve God. You respect respect the will of God. You look after someone's property and possessions. And then his wife gets the hots for you. And you turn her down. What happens? She lies about him. Where does he go? Back into prison. Then he gets this, this word, prophetic word for these two guys. One of them gets killed. The other one makes it, but totally forgets until down the track. See, it looked like a failure, but he kept faithful. He kept consistent to what God had in his life. 
And all the way through, he has this, God, somehow, somehow, in all the negative, in all the things that seem to be coming against me, in all the failures, all the oppositions, in all the criticisms, all the rejections, I know that God works all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And I will not capitulate. I will not give in. I will not give up. I'm going to press through until God's word comes to bear. You meant it for evil, but God Used it for good. You're going to face battles if you're going to reach your potential in God. They're going to be obstacles, even loved ones. These are brothers. Well, as we said from Nelson, they probably weren't loving. Um, Think about Moses. He gets called by God to go back to Egypt. He is not young anymore. He's younger than he was when he finished. And God gives him this word and he finally gets there. I got the word of God for your people. God's going to set you free. They go, rah, rah, rah. He goes to Pharaoh, let my people go, the Lord says. Pharaoh goes, I don't know who your God is. We'll just make them make bricks and they've got to get their own straw and keep the quota up now. So the next minute the people, God's calling, boo, boo, boo. Moses, you're the one, it's your problem. Next minute the people he's trying to set free are accusing him. They just about want to kill him. What does Moses do? God, what's going on? Now, how many of you have had that prayer? God, what's going on? <laughs> everything goes wrong. You're like Everything hits the fan. And, you know, God, I just did what you said. I've just been obedient to your word. Then another trial, then another trial, and then another. And, and finally, Moses gets to lead him out. You would think. You would think that having had such a great victory, you've come in and the power of God's been manifest, you know, all these situations and you lead these millions of people out, you would think they'd be cheering for you. No, they get to the sea and they want to kill him again. They want to go back. They've forgotten they've just been set free. Now they want to go back and they want to kill Moses. And, and God intervenes and they open, God opens the sea and, and they're rejoicing. And three days later, they're whinging against Moses again. Just because you have a victory and a breakthrough doesn't mean the problems stop. When you have a victory and a breakthrough, guess what? You've stepped one level up in your potential, but there's much, much more. So the old lad, but there's more. And the more you get, it means another problem's going to come. And then you walk in that, and then another problem's going to come. And you're, you're stepping up, you're growing in your faith, you're exercising yourself, and then another problem's going to come. And it's going to be like that until you take your last step into eternity. There's going to be another problem. There's going to be another in the fire, but there's another problem coming. You get out of one fire, you step into a flood. You get a flood, you step into a storm, whatever. It's going to be like that, Christians. Oh, come to Jesus, it'll all be wonderful. No, it won't. No, come to Jesus, it hits the fan. But you have a peace in your heart and a confident expectation of good that God will work it out somehow for your good in the end. Don't expect it to be easy. And if your Christian life is easy, I would question your Christian life. There will be times of ease. At times when he, when he lays you down to rest by the still waters and the green pastures. But just let you know, the reason for laying down in the still waters beside the green pastures is so he can get you up and take you through the valley of the shadow of death. 
So when you're sleeping, have nightmares. I mean, so <laughs> restore my soul so I can go through the next battle to reach my next potential, which is a table set before me in the presence of my enemies. And then I'll eat and then I'll fall asleep again in another green pasture. And then I'll get up and go through another valley of the shadow of death. But I will fear no evil for somehow God's going to work this together for good. Even if I don't believe that in my head, I'm going to put it in my heart. Great victories don't mean it stops. We need to serve God with all our heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. See, we'll never reach our full potential till Jesus comes. I want to get there and I want to keep going. I want to be faithful in the journey. I want to make sure that I choose His will. You and I will never reach our potential by having Jesus as an add-on to our life. He is not, oh, I've just added Jesus to my lifestyle. This is, this is not a lifestyle choice, Christianity. Listen, this is not a lifestyle choice. This is a life. It's not a lifestyle choice. It's a life. It, it, it's, not even, it's not even what they say. It's not a religion. It's a belief system. It's more than that. It's a life. It's everything. And if he is all in all, and he is Lord of all, then he's truly Lord. But if he's not Lord of all, you might have fire insurance, but you haven't got life assurance. Jeremiah says it like this. We find him when we seek him with our whole heart. We find him when we seek him with our whole heart. And Joshua 1.8 says, Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Then means committing the word, committing God's life, this word into my life, not to my head, not to my memory and mind. That's good though, but getting it from the head into the heart and into your spirit, that my whole life now is his. I'm completely committed. Then he'll make your way prosperous. And prosperous doesn't mean lots of money. It can mean for some, but many it means that we have this confident expectation of good in the end. And it doesn't matter what comes, I'm victorious in the midst of every battle. A total commitment to do whatever it takes and whatever the cost is brings a success that is reaching our full potential. And the question is, are we willing and obedient? If I were to ask today that you would ask yourself this question, am I really doing all I can, can to become the Christian that I'm called to be? what would your answer be? See, this is not a condemnation. It's a challenge. I know it's a lifelong journey. We will never reach there until we see Jesus. But I want to take another step and another step and another step and another step. And I want to keep walking in the faith and walking in the spirit until I see him face to face. We will need to be strong and very courageous. Just talk to someone who's tried to quit smoking for the 50th time. I quit smoking 10 times before I was 14. It was not easy. Even after I became a Christian at 19, it still took me three months to finally get through for me. Now listen, smoking's not going to take you to hell. It might get you to heaven quicker, but it's not good for you. This body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. I want to look after it the best I can. You'll need to be strong and very courageous. Find someone who works in a workplace where, where your boss, I had a boss that swore three times every four words. How, how do you live in that environment with everybody else swearing when you are trying to keep a clean mouth? Let no 
words come out of my mouth that aren't helpful. It's difficult. Controlling our critical speech. Maybe we're, we've got a temptation towards criticism and gossip. And turning that around to be encouraging and uplifting. See, we're in a war. It's a spiritual war that rages in the world, in our life, a war between the flesh and the spirit. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says this in 10, 3 to 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and obedience of knowledge of Christ. Most of our spiritual battles are going to be won and lost between our ears. Most of our spiritual battles are going to be from here to here and getting the, getting the Word of God into our heart from our head. Most of our battles are going to be, do I think according to His Word? What are the thoughts and intents of my heart? Where are they? Most of the battles we have, you know, people, what about demons? Yeah, they're there. But how powerful are they? Let me tell you how powerful demons generally are. A man with a legion of demons could not be stopped by a legion of demons from coming to Jesus' feet. A legion, I don't know how many it is, probably a thousand. So a thousand demons couldn't stop one man coming to Jesus. You give them the power. I'm under a generational curse. The only curse is you believe it. I've been set free from the curse. God has set me free in Jesus. I'm not going to take a hold of those curses. I'm going to live in the blessing of God. I'm going to live in the freedom of God. <clears throat> and that's where the battle starts. And it's where they rage in our hearts. These, these things, this torment of the mind, this self-doubt, this self-criticism, this reactionary life, the anger, the outburst, the selfish ambitions, they all come from the mind and the heart within. That's where the battles are, church. Captivating our thinking, our thought life. You want to reach your potential? Get this and this in order. Amen. Get this and this in order. The thoughts and intents of the heart, your spirit, your mind. And the, that way, bring every thought captive and then get this thing under control. Amen. This little member can be so good and so bad. Be sweet, water, and bitter. Can, can be a fire that brings warmth or a fire that destroys. We've got to bring these things captive. And that's how we're going to reach our potential. And God has given us all that we need. Peter tells us, this is one of my favorite passages. I've got a lot of favorites. This is one of them. In 2 Peter 1, Simon says, you know, grace and peace be multiplied to you. That's probably a couple of verses into it. Uh, in the knowledge of God and our, of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power. How powerful is God? Listen, as His divine power. How powerful is God? Is this this equal battle between light and darkness, between good and evil? How powerful is God? The, the uncreated eternal being, omnipotent God, omnipresent God, omniscient God. How powerful is this? That this God would put His life in me as his power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. 
God is giving it through our revelation of Jesus. God is giving you all you need through your intimacy with Jesus Christ our Lord. And the more we have an intimacy with God, the more power there is in our life, the more that what is in us shines into a hard and darkened world. We have been given, it says in verse 4, exceedingly great and precious promises. And through these you may be partakers of divine nature, escaping the corruption that's in the world through lust. You have been called to escape and to live in victory, to have divine power flowing through you in the promises of God. The potential in each of us is so great that if we actually started to step into it, we would see miracles flow out of our lives. We would see healings flow. We would see deliverance flow. We'd have words of knowledge and prophetic utterances for people. We would have this wonderful encounter of the walking in the manifestations of the Spirit and the character of our lives would become more and more Christ-like. The power is already there. We have to exercise ourselves in it. And Peter tells us it's going to take diligence. Now, adding to our faith, things like virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness add love. If we'll do this in our life, it says there will be an abundant entrance supplied to us. Reaching our full potential results in an abundant entrance into heaven. And if we want that, then we have a reason to exercise ourselves to godliness. I don't know how you want to enter heaven. I don't know if you want to whimper in the back door. Don't know if you want to whimper in the corner and hold the door open for someone else or you want to enter in abundantly. I certainly want to enter in abundance. I want to enter in in such a way that it brings glory to God. I want to enter in that shows the glory of God has been in my life and that the work of God in me has accomplished what he intended it to do, that I might become all he's called me to be, that the power of his word has not been hindered by my lack of faith, by my unbelief. I want to start stepping out more and more into what he's called me to do. God's promises are yours and they're yes and amen. Church, they are. Like musicians and singers to come. I want to finish with a couple of thoughts. It says in John 1, 5, talking of Jesus, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Listen, good is far more powerful than evil. Amen. Let me say it again. Good, God good, is far more powerful than evil. And Jesus said this, as the Father sent me, so send I you. And if Jesus was a light in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it, then you are. Let me read it from the Passion Translation, paraphrase. And this living expression is the light that bursts through gloom, the light that darkness could not diminish. Church, our light, the Bible says, should shine brighter and brighter and brighter. It's Proverbs 4.18. Let me read it to you so you know it's not me making it up. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines even brighter unto that perfect day. Another version says brighter and brighter. That's the plan of God, that you would reach your potential, that your life would shine brighter and brighter and brighter and wickedness around you would back off in fear and the light would shine and darkness would flee. That's the plan of God for every one of you. 
And I mean that for you too, sweetie. God's going to do something in your life. You keep stepping in. Don't, don't worry about what other people may or may not say. God is going to cause the light to shine as you trust Him. Okay? You're going to see people wonder Jesus. The path of the just is a shining light. The challenge to us, Paul says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Young people, get rid of that stuff that holds you back. Cast off that. Older people, cast off those habits. That trust in the world and trust in the world's provision. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and He will direct your paths. Cast off the works of darkness. Let's put on the armour of light. You want to reach your potential? I want you to. Honestly, I want every one of us to reach our potential because this is what it will do in a world that's got darkness in it. Next verse, Matthew 5.14 says this, Jesus said, Jesus' words, you are the light of the world. You. Not Jesus anymore because it's Christ in you. He's lit a fire in your heart. You need to stoke that flame. You need to let that light burn brightly in and through you. For you, this world needs you to let your light shine. Reach your potential. Turn it on full bore. Let the light blare into the darkness. Let darkness flee into the corners. And let God's name be lifted high. Let's pray. Father, Right now in this place, we're going to make a great decision. We're going to see people baptized. Lord, they're stepping another step in their faith. They're battling emotions. They're battling issues in their life. None of us are there yet. But they're making a step of obedience. Lord, they're making a decision because they believe you. Lord, let their light continue to shine. Break chains off their life today. And for each one of us, Lord, we would not capitulate to the small thinking of the world. And we would start to realize who we are, that God's divine power has already given us all things we need for life and godliness. Help us believe it, help us exercise it, and let our light shine because you said we are the light of the world. This world needs that. And I pray we would rise up to the call in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. We're going to have a baptism in a minute. They're going to sing a song. I would say you need to sing this song with passion. Just let off the, let off the reins. You know, take off the shackles. Let your heart sing. There's a light in the darkness. The darkness can't hold it back in Jesus' name.